and welcome to episode number 98 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and on today's show, we're going to be looking at what has transpired so far this week with the Democratic National Convention. Of course, Joe Biden getting the nod, Kamala Harris, vice president. 15 people here in Chirac yesterday were shot. That would be on Tuesday, August 18th. Yeah, one day alone, 15 people shot here during the Democratic National Convention going on. I mean, that's not going on here, but, you know, it's going on in the world. The Democrats at their virtual convention didn't seem to want to acknowledge what's going on in Chicago. They didn't seem to want to acknowledge the rioting and the looting that's been going on with regularity in the United States over the past few weeks. And you would think that would be important. You would think the safety of your citizens would be vital when you're one of the two major political parties. But no, not so much. The Democrats are running a lot of people out to speak in this little virtual convention. People are comparing it to more of an award show vibe, which is pretty much uh, explaining where politics is in 2020. There's not a lot of rational thought. There are not a lot of deep thinkers on the Democrat side, especially it would appear when it comes to politics and policies. The Democrat Party may want to tell you that they're not drifting to the far left, but one of the speakers at the convention yesterday on Tuesday, Ashley Nicole McRae, advocated for, quote, the destruction of capitalism, saying that America, quote, must move away from these systems and these frameworks. So, I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. I don't think this is unfair to put this on the Democrats. I mean, again, this isn't even a live event where people can really go rogue. This is a virtual event. You could pull anybody at any time. Most of these things, including Michelle Obama, appeared to be pre-recorded. Almost all of them appeared to have no real emotion or clue as to what's going on. It was a very weird visual, very weird vibe to this whole Democratic National Convention. Hey, the Republicans may not do better if it's another one of these big virtual things, because this is, I understand, we are deviating from the norm and things are a little bit different in the world and in America right now due to the pandemic, which again, the numbers on that, we may want to talk a little bit about again at some point being that everybody is pointing to the worldwide deaths. I mean, let's just forget about America for one minute, and we're going to go into it in a little bit more detail in this episode today. But let's look at COVID-19 deaths around the world, and anybody can make the assumption whether these numbers are being exploited, whether they're being pushed in one direction or the other. But the numbers were being given right now by the likes of the CDC and the WHO and Johns Hopkins and all these people 
seems like there's about 770,000 deaths worldwide from COVID. And I just want to put that into a framework again, since this has now been going on for about half a year or so, that the average year sees about 650, 660,000. What's one of those? Close to there for flu and pneumonia deaths. So as of right now, even if we double these numbers, it's going to be close to about twice as bad as a flu season. And we still have to really look into these numbers. The numbers I want, which we don't have as of yet, are the flu deaths from this same time period. And I want to know, were those the ones being counted as COVID? How do we know? Is this going to be a magical year where nobody died of the flu and everybody died of COVID? We have to wait to find out. But the Democrats didn't waste any time blaming Trump, including Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, blasting Trump for his inept handling of the coronavirus pandemic, which I thought was fantastic because it led to a nearly instant release of a video from a Trump backing group, which had a lot of comments from Andrew Cuomo over the last few months praising the job that Donald Trump and the federal government were doing on the COVID-19. I mean, let's remember, New York was hit really hard. And Donald Trump even sent that Navy ship into the harbor there in New York. They built temporary hospitals, got them the ventilators that they said they needed, even though the stories came out at the time that New York had a bunch of ventilators and they had sold them off and then never restocked. I mean, oops. Don't want to talk about that, do you, Governor Cuomo? No, you want to blame Donald Trump, even though you've been fairly consistent up until this point, saying Trump had done a pretty good job. But now you're saying that you're that's totally wrong. And you have to ask yourself, why did Andrew Cuomo suddenly change his assessment of the president's performance on COVID? Yeah, OK changed his assessment. I guess that's really just a nice way of saying decided to lie about it. He wasn't the only one that was lying, though, during the first couple of days of the Democratic National Convention. And it's becoming pretty clear that this is going to be the pattern for the whole week. This is going to be the pattern for everything leading up to the election. And it's interesting because even the Associated Press, which isn't normally a Trump backing group, had to step in and fact check the former First Lady Michelle Obama. This is big news, I think. Michelle Obama, this is from an article in the AP, of course, they're the ones fact checking. Michelle Obama assailed President Donald Trump on Monday for ripping migrant children from their parents and throwing them into cages, picking up on a frequent and distorted point made widely by Democrats. So the Associated Press, not only are they just fact checking her from her speech that was just aired, the Associated Press is going on record here 
acknowledging the fact that the Democrats have been lying about this kids in cages thing for months, for years. The AP continues, she's uh, right that Trump's now suspended policy at the U.S.-Mexico border separated thousands of children from their families in ways that had not been done before. But what she did not say is that the very same cages were built and used in her husband's administration for the same purpose of holding migrant kids temporarily. Now, the only difference between what happened during the Obama administration and the Trump administration was how many people were held because of stricter guidelines. But kids were still thrown into those same cages, which really they're not cages. They are areas cordoned off by chain link fence. They're, the adults are held in the same thing. The kids are held in the same thing. But Michelle Obama said during her speech, referring to Americans, quote, they watch in horror as children are torn from their families and thrown into cages. This is where the AP comes in and says the facts are, quote, the reference to cages is misleading and a matter that Democrats have persistently distorted. Trump used facilities that were built during the Obama-Biden administration to house children at the border. Their chain link enclosures inside border facilities where migrants were temporarily housed, separated by sex and age. Well, I mean, that's horrible. They would dare separate people by sex and age. Don't they know better? Those crazy Republicans. The AP says, quote, at the height of the controversy over Trump's zero tolerance policy, photos that circulated online of children in the enclosed uh, enclosures generated great anger but those photos taken by the associated press which is maybe why they're getting a little pissy about this were taken in 2014 and depicted some of the thousands of unaccompanied children held then by president barack obama the ap continues when this fact came to light some Democrats and activists who had tweeted the photos then deleted their tweets. I mean, I know that's a big surprise when they're caught in their lies. Sometimes the Democrats will just delete them and pretend it never happened. I mean, I can't say the Republicans never do that, but the Democrats seem to do that a lot. And the AP also says prominent Democrats have continued to cite cages for children as a distinctive cruelty of Trump which, of course, is absolutely 100% incorrect. It's a lie. Now, Bill O'Reilly covered this last night and was way too kind to First Lady Michelle Obama by saying he thinks she's just ignorant of the fact that those cages were built on her husband and Joe Biden's watch. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe she's ignorant. He said she didn't want to know, and that may be true, but you would have to be fairly ignorant. And I don't believe Michelle Obama is an ignorant person to not know that what you are saying in this case is a complete and utter lie. Trump throwing kids into cages is so horrible, but these cages were built by your husband. I mean, think about that. 
You want to talk about the audacity? I mean, there it is. There it is. Michelle Obama calling out Trump for using the cages front kids that her husband built and used as cages for kids. But that's just one of the first lies from last night at the Democratic National Convention. Joe Biden also got in on the whole lies by going after Trump, saying he was going to gut protection for pre-existing medical conditions. This was fact-checked by Breitbart. Oh, I know, crazy right-wingers, but prove me wrong. From Breitbart, quote, former Vice President Joe Biden claimed without evidence on Tuesday night the Democratic National, of the Democratic National Convention that Republicans voted to, quote, gut protections for patients with pre-existing conditions. He spoke to a woman named Laura who was recovering from Hodgkin's lymphoma. Biden said during her treatment that, quote, Trump was trying to rip away your coverage. The day you got your first chemo, Republican voted, Republicans voted to gut the ACA. Breitbart's verdict on this one, false. Republican legislation to replace Obamacare would not have gutted or eliminated any pre-existing conditions. However, Breitbart says, despite Biden's claim, neither President Donald Trump nor congressional Republicans have supported legislation that would have removed the Affordable Care Act's protection for patients with pre-existing conditions. And Donald Trump even noted in his first address to Congress that the first principle behind replacing Obamacare would be, quote, to ensure that Americans with pre-existing conditions have access to coverage. So. Michelle Obama lying about cages and kids. And then Joe Biden comes out and lies that Donald Trump wants to remove coverage for pre-existing conditions. Another lie. One lie after another lie after another lie. Then John Kerry came out and lied about Obama when it came to Ebola. I mean, because we're dealing with COVID-19 right now. John Kerry wanted to get in on the action here, and his claim was, quote, from Breitbart also, former Secretary of State John Kerry claimed during the Democratic National Convention that the Obama administration stopped the Ebola virus before it became a pandemic. So John Kerry, here he is. He is patting Obama and Biden on the back for really stepping in. I mean, this Trump guy, when it comes to covid doing a horrible job. But I mean, we had Ebola, man. We had Ebola during the Obama-Biden White House. And those guys, they just stepped up. Quote from John Kerry. For the eight years of the Obama-Biden administration, we led by example. We stopped Ebola before it became a pandemic. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Do you know how many patients were treated for Ebola back in the uh, 2014-2016 outbreak that was declared, to be fair, it was an epidemic declared by the World Health Organization, but it was largely isolated to West Africa. I mean, it occurred during Barack Obama's presidency. That much is true. John Kerry got that right. But what did these guys do? I mean, what do they what did what did they have to get under control in America? I mean, it must have been nuts, right? 
We all remember people dying in the street left and right during Ebola here in the United States. No, no. In the United States, there were uh, 11 people treated for Ebola during the epidemic. 11. Yeah. But congratulations to Barack Obama and Joe Biden for getting that pandemic that was just spreading wildly under control. I mean, 11 whole people had it. That was it was pretty impressive. Now, all of these things, the kids in cages from Michelle Obama, Joe Biden saying they don't want to cover your pre-existing conditions. John Kerry talking up how great of a job that Obama did and Biden did with Ebola. Governor Cuomo going on about how horrible Trump was and how many people died. Well, even though the fact of the matter is New York, for anybody following along at home, knows it was more in the hands, entirely in the hands, not just more, entirely in the hands of Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio. But all of these things are being spewed on the Democratic National Convention for one reason, to emotionally manipulate you. Clear and simple. No other reason. It's becoming very clear. It's all about emotionally manipulating the voter. That is how the Democrats believe they can get Joe Biden into office. No question about it. Emotionally manipulating you. And it seems to be taking a little bit of a hold here in the United States. Now, Nancy Pelosi yesterday on MSNBC also got into the act while not a straight out lie. I mean, it all depends on what your definition of lying is. But she told a good story saying that the Republican Party had been, quote, hijacked by a, quote, cult-like group of people and others who are afraid of defying their cult leader. And of course, she means the orange man, President Donald Trump being the cult leader. Nancy Pelosi then went on to say on MSNBC, I mean, talk about her preaching to her choir, that she had Republican friends, which I don't really believe for a minute. But okay. Nancy says that she has Republican friends and she has some advice for them. Quote, I say to them, take back your party. This isn't who you are. You're the grand old party. You've done so much for our country. You've been hijacked by a cult like group of people and others who are afraid of defying the cult leader. This isn't what the Republican Party has been about in our country. Let's go back to our normal debate of the role of government in the lives of the American people as the founders intended in a way that respects disagreement as we find our common ground, but understand that we must come together. Is there any question whether Nancy Pelosi is delusional? I'm not even sure. She knows what year it is, what planet she's on. I really don't believe she has a clue. Either she's so insulated that she believes this, or again, 
stories are being spewed to emotionally manipulate you. I know where my guess is on that. We need to find common ground. I mean, come on, Nancy. You're calling the president of the United States the leader of a cult, and you want to find common ground? You're the leader of the party that's been screaming resist since the minute Donald Trump took office. And we're to believe that you're looking to come together and find common ground? I mean, I know you think the American people are stupid. But this is pushing it even a little bit too far. Find common ground. I mean, come on, Nancy, you are the leader of the party that's continually made false accusations against the president, that he's racist, sexist, xenophobic, including when he shut down the flights from China at the start of covid and was immediately called a racist. But now these same imbeciles are saying, well, Trump didn't do enough at the start of all this. We could have saved a lot of lives. Again, people, emotion over logic and facts. The problem is, as we've talked about on a previous episode on bias, emotion drives our thinking. Emotion really drives our decision making. And emotion is being used here to manipulate the American people. The grand old party hasn't been hijacked by anybody, Nancy. It's your party that has. The far left has, without a doubt, hijacked the Democrat Party, pushing in things like the Green New Deal or more dangerously having leaders, and you could put that in air quotes that have allowed the rioting and looting in the streets to go unchecked because they wanted to be woke, because they wanted to make a point. They don't care about your lives. They don't care about your property. This is all about making Donald Trump look bad. There was an interesting video of a guy talking in the 1950s that, of course, YouTube found to be dangerous that talked about what the communists wanted to do in order to take over the United States. And the plan seems to be going very swimmingly right now. You have to separate the races. We've talked about that before. You have to make the cops the bad guy. You have to separate the rich and the poor and pit them against each other. You need violence in the streets because, as they pointed out in that video, the average middle class American is weak. They don't want to see this kind of stuff. They just want it to go away. And most, they believe, won't fight back. I'm hoping that's not the truth. I'm hoping that people start taking more responsibility for themselves. I'm hoping that people start paying more attention to politics and actually looking for the facts behind what's being spewed rather than just the emotion that's being spewed. I really hope that more people do purchase weapons, purchase handguns legally and learn how to use them to protect yourself and your family, because as less and less police are able to respond to calls, you damn well better be able to protect your family. There was a story about how many people here in Illinois are applying for the firearm owner ID cards. It's taking over two months to get those out 
because the applications are over just totally flooding the Illinois State Police who handles those. And for those of us who have renewed, and I renewed back in December, haven't gotten the new cards. They have extended everybody. Even if you didn't actually renew, your FOID cards have been extended by 12 months after whenever they decide this coronavirus pandemic thing is over. Right now, we're under a state of emergency. And as long as that lasts, the FOID cards, even if they're expired, are still good. And then that's extended for a year after the crisis is deemed to be over. And then maybe the Illinois State Police can finally get caught back up. But I think this is going on nationwide. People are interested in being self-reliant, taking care of themselves. And I think people are going to start standing up and demanding that this country gets back to law and order and gets back to sanity. The stories aren't hard to find when it comes to what the left is doing to try to destabilize America. Here in Chirac, as we started out today with, and we've, as we talked about before, a lot of people getting shot. It's almost all black on black crime, but Black Lives Matter, they're nowhere to be found because they're a Marxist group that don't give a crap about black lives. They only care about bringing down the American system, bringing down capitalism. It's not about saving the lives of black kids. No, it's about taking your rights away. And if you would do a little research on Black Lives Matter, you would see that they're not hiding that fact. They're a Marxist organization. They have some very simple things they want. And none of them really gives a crap about black lives. But in Chicago, New York, California, why is all of this violence going on? Why is all of this lawlessness going on? I saw a video out of a Nancy Pelosi's area the other day of a bunch of young kids in their hoodies that are in a grocery store just loading up their hoodies with food, whatever they could grab. And robbing the place blind because in California, if it's under a thousand dollars that you're stealing, they're not going to do anything. And you can't have a civilized society where that happens. You cannot allow stores to be ransacked as long as people are taking less than a thousand dollars because then all grocery stores are going to close. And what will happen then? Now you'll be begging the government. You'll have a food desert. You'll be begging the government to come bring you some beans because you're starving. We cannot let this stuff go unchecked. We need to stand up for law and order. And the politicians and the district attorneys that are allowing this kind of crap need to go. And the DAs are really where a lot of the power comes from. You see that in the Washington, D.C. area, or was it St. James with church there right by the White House that was vandalized, torched? They refused to prosecute the people, even though they had them caught, arrested on videotape. They knew who did it. They knew who vandalized the church, had them arrested, had them in custody, and the D.A. decided he didn't want to charge them. This is happening all over in these liberal utopian cities and it has to stop refusing to prosecute criminals has to stop we are a nation of law 
And if we're not, I don't know why we need lawmakers. So get Nancy Pelosi and everybody else out of office, because if we're not going to enforce the laws, what the hell do we need the laws for? And the cops are fed up. I'm seeing this definitely locally here in the Chicago area with some cops that I keep in contact with on the bird site. They're mad. They know we need new leadership in Chicago. They're tired of risking their lives to protect and serve you and me when they know that the criminals that they arrest, even if they're caught red handed, aren't going to be charged by these liberal douchebag district attorneys. Again, there's no law and order if there's no punishment. People know they can do whatever the hell they want and get away with it. And if that's the America that you want, I guess you got to vote for Biden because he's a brainless twit that will never stand up to these people and he won't stop this. He will let the radical left just run over and convert America into the Marxist and communist utopia that they think it can be. And it's hilarious because the left tells you that Trump and his administration, oh, they're the authoritarians. They're the bad guys. They're like Nazis. The reality is what we're seeing in these big cities now, Chicago and New York with the, well, Portland, let's not forget Portland and Seattle where the cities are literally just being burned and run into the ground. District attorneys refusing to prosecute the citizens. That is authoritarianism. That is using their power to control things. And last I knew, we've had these positions, district attorney, lawmakers, because we are a nation of law and order. If we're just giving up on laws, then bye-bye, Nancy Pelosi. Bye-bye. Bye, Chuck Schumer. Don't need you anymore. So, again, Nancy Pelosi, this whole thing that we're, we've got a cult leader and it's dangerous and we want to work together. Orange man, bad. Nancy, you're spreading lies. The goal, once again, to manipulate your emotions so they can hopefully do away with Trump and then usher in what? What do they want to usher in? I don't know. It's certainly not law and order because they are not for law and order. Show me a Democrat that has stood up against the Black Lives Matter mob. Show me one that has condemned the rioting. Show me one that has condemned the looting. Show me one that has said anything about the black deaths here in Chicago or anywhere else that weren't caused by cops because the amount of deaths, black on black crime, dwarf anything that is cop on black. No question about it. These stats are clear. You can go find them. I can go find them. There's no question about it. We do not have cops running rampant, killing black people in America. It happens, but it's a vast minority. We do have thugs and criminals killing black Americans with regularity every day. 15 shot in Chicago again yesterday alone. Nobody cares about that. Why is that? Oh, I don't know. I guess it doesn't fit the narrative that the orange man is bad. It fits the narrative that the Democratic leaders of these cities simply don't care about black lives. They don't care about your life. They don't care about my life. They care about power and what they're going to do with that power. Man, that's anybody's guess. 
But the Democratic National Convention, they got even more disgusting, if you can believe that, by bringing a woman on who blamed Donald Trump for her father's death. This taken from a piece on the town hall website, quote, the Democratic National Convention featured a woman who lost her dad to COVID-19 and who places the blame for his death on President Trump during the first day of their virtual convention on Monday. She said because of what happened to her dad, she'll be voting for nominee Joe Biden. Kristen Ukurza of San Francisco, California, said her dad, Mark Anthony Ukurza, quote, had faith in Donald Trump. He voted for him, listened to him, believed him and his mouthpieces when they said that coronavirus was under control and going to disappear. It turns out the guy lived in Arizona, and when some of the restrictions were lifted, I mean, he did the sane and safe thing, which is he ran to a karaoke bar with a bunch of friends and then got COVID-19. I don't know how you can blame Donald Trump for that, but this is, again, playing upon people's emotions. Nobody with one bit of logic in their brain could blame Donald Trump for this guy's death. This woman, obviously an activist, she started a group. And I mean, I get it. She's upset. Her father died. Maybe she should have told him not to go out to a karaoke bar. But no, it's Donald Trump's fault. I mean, her who talks to him, I would hope, you know, on a daily basis. I talk to my parents every day. They're bored. They're at home. My mom's like, oh, it'd be great to be able to go back and do my own shopping again. And I'm like, no, not safe. Don't go out. You're at that age. You don't need to go out and deal with what's going on. People can do your shopping for you. Stay home stay safe and as of yet thank god they have but this woman went on again because you know trump's the villain here saying quote enough is enough donald trump may not have caused the coronavirus but his dishonesty and his irresponsible actions made it so much worse well what irresponsible actions that he made exactly i mean ask that question nobody can give me an answer what dishonesty I mean, Trump said that this will eventually disappear, and it will. I mean, he never gave you a timetable. It was very clear what was going on at the time her father went out to a bar, but we don't want to take personal responsibility. No, let's blame Donald Trump because he's the easy scapegoat, and the Democrats have told us over and over and over again, orange man bad. This woman continues, quote, we need a leader who has a national coordinated data-driven response to stop the pandemic from claiming more lives and to safely reopen the country. I mean, I guess Fauci and Burks, none of these people are doing the job anymore. According to her, she knows better looking for a data-driven response, but the data is all corrupt. So I don't know how we're going to get that. She says, quote, we need a leader who will step in on day one and do his job to care. So now she knows that Trump doesn't care. You know, I feel bad that she lost her father, but using something like this for political gain, for the Democrats to put this woman out there in their national convention. I mean, you want to talk about deplorable. You want to talk about bottom of the barrel, scum sucking jerks. That is what you do to pull on the heartstrings, even though everybody knows this is not accurate. This is not accurate. She also says, quote, she finishes off, quote, one of the last things my father said to me was that he felt betrayed by the likes of Donald Trump. And so when I cast my vote for Joe Biden, I will do it for my dad. I mean, we don't know any of this is true. 
We really don't. We have no clue whatsoever if any of this is true, but the media runs with it because it's a good story and it, it manipulates your emotions. And that is what they need. Sadly, it fits in with all the other stories that we've talked about coming out of the Democratic National Convention from Cuomo to Pelosi to Biden. Everything lies all meant to get at you emotionally. I mean, if you like emotional manipulation, if you like to be in one of those really bad relationships, move on over to the Democrat Party, get in bed with them, and you can be an emotionally manipulated moron and just keep taking it. I don't know how people do. I don't know how they don't see the reality and they don't do the homework and they don't even try to get the facts. People want to spew things that Trump is such a bad guy. My question is this. If Trump is such a bad guy and has done so many bad things, why have every one of these people, when given the chance to speak at the Democratic National Convention, lied about Donald Trump? Why? Michelle Obama, why is she lying about kids in cages? She knows better. She has to know better or she's ignorant. And I don't believe she is. Biden lying about gutting protection for pre-existing conditions. Why? If Trump is so bad, go after him with things that can be proven. And then, damn, you might actually convert some of the voters that are on the fence, if there are any of those. I mean, if you could prove to me that Donald Trump's a bad guy, hell, I might not even vote for him. But you can't because there is absolutely nothing that is factual based out of any of these stories. John Kerry claiming Obama stopped Ebola did so much better than Trump. Uh huh. Sure thing, buddy. Nancy Pelosi calling the GOP a cult. And then, of course, bringing out this woman to give us the sob story of how Donald Trump killed her father. It is very sad to see alongside of. So many people that have been negatively impacted by this coronavirus, both from a health standpoint and from an economic standpoint. But the Democrats are lying. The Democrats going after your emotions and setting people up to riot and loot. I mean, don't make no, there's no question about this to me. The rioting and the looting, the Democrats aren't stopping it because they not only do they want it, they're the ones that fueled all of this with their lies, with all of these myths, mistruths, maybe you want to call them to be nice, emotionally manipulating people into a frenzy until they take to the street. And I have seen multiple videos now of white people being pulled from vehicles and beaten to within an inch of their life, multiple places where these riots are going on. I've yet to see one where a crowd of white people pulls a black guy out of a car and does the same. So I'm just saying, this seems to be a very one-sided thing. And the side that's doing the violence seems to be pretty clear. Because you know, if this was happening, if white guys were pulling black guys out of cars and beating them, the videos would be all over. They're not. The other way around, I'm seeing it. But you know, we need to be more open to diversity like Goodyear Tire Company. <laughs> yeah, they're doing some diversity training over at Goodyear. So, I mean, if you're going to be looking in for uh, some new tires, 
you might want to look for a different brand. This from a Breitbart story, I believe, a leaked slide from a Goodyear diversity training session shows that the company has decided what is acceptable and unacceptable when it comes for slogans that their employees can support. So Goodyear wants their people to be good citizens, but you know, you we don't want you to accidentally back the wrong thing. The slide is part of the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company's zero tolerance policy, which has deemed blue lives matter, all lives matter, MAGA attire, and politically affiliated slogans or material as unacceptable. Now, it's interesting. I mean, you're saying blue lives matter. That's no good. MAGA attire. Saying nothing politically affiliated. Slogans or material. Those are all unacceptable, you're saying. What is acceptable, though, to Goodyear is Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I mean, do not know that Black Lives Matter is a political organization, Goodyear? Are you that damn stupid? And if you are, I don't want you making tires for my car because I think they're not going to be very good if the people running your company don't understand that Black Lives Matter Global is a political organization, a Marxist organization. They also say it's okay, besides Black Lives Matter as an acceptable slogan, that lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender pride, those are all okay. There has been no confirmation of the slide from Goodyear, but they did put out a statement. Spokeswoman Melissa Monaco said, quote, Goodyear is committed to fostering an inclusive and respectful workplace where all of our associates can do their best in a spirit of teamwork. <laughs> Does anybody believe that? Quote, as part of this commitment, we do allow our associates to express their support on racial injustice and other equity issues, but ask they refrain from workplace expressions, verbal or otherwise, in support of political campaigning for any candidate or political party, as well as other similar forms of advocacy that fall outside the scope of equity issues. Sure, this is just a carve-out. Anybody can tell that it's just a carve-out. And they basically are telling you, if you're conservative, we don't want you speaking out about anything. I mean, if that's bad. But, you know, if you're liberal and you want to talk about any of the liberal talking points, Black Lives Matter, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. You want to do that? That's fine. But somebody dares come out and say, you know, I want to stand up for uh, my Christian faith. <laughs> no, screw you. I want to stand up for the president of the United States. No, screw you. Thanks, Goodyear. What a bunch of douchebags. Come on. Again, the result of all of this stuff is very clear on Twitter. And I just did a quick search on. Trump kids cages on Twitter. And it's a lot of fun when you see the responses that people have had over the last amount of months, years. You really, when it comes to this, just so many people completely clueless as to what's really going on. All clueless, it seems that Obama's the one that built the cages. But I found a tweet from a guy I don't even remember, didn't even write down the account because this is to me the epitome of what all of these lies 
all of this emotional manipulation from the left has done to people. And this is what's going on in their heads. This is where this anger comes from being completely uninformed. This is where people are going out into the streets and burning cities down, pulling people out of cars and beating them. We have some really bad stuff going on in the United States right now. But here is an example of your average Twitter moron. All caps, too, which this got my attention. So, I mean, all caps, maybe that works. Trump's record, ignorance and incompetence. Highest unemployment since the Great Depression. Well, I mean, maybe you want to mention that they were at the lowest levels in history before COVID hit, something that happened worldwide, something the president had absolutely no control over. So the fact that there's high unemployment right now, not really caused by Trump's ignorance or incompetence. Then 165,000 U.S. deaths. Well, yeah, that's true. But again, you have to put that into some kind of perspective because this is a worldwide event, not just going on in the United States. If you want to go by the highest death rates per 100,000 citizens, then the United States comes in eighth on that list. Belgium, number one, with 86.3 people deaths per 100,000. The UK comes in number two, 69.6 deaths per 100,000. Peru comes in at third with 62.5. Spain, 61. Italy, 58.2. Sweden, 56.4. Chile, 52. And the United States with 47.9 deaths per 100,000. That tells part of the story and shows that the United States is far from worse. Belgium, the UK, Peru, Spain, Italy, Sweden, Chile, all ahead of the United States. But if you want to go to the case fatality rate, then you really see how the United States and Trump being in charge. Of course, we got to give him credit for what has happened in the United States as far as the case fatality rates goes. The worst country, Yemen, 28.4% of the people with confirmed cases died. Seems like a high number. Don't know how they're doing things there. Then Italy, 13.9% case fatality rate. Third, United Kingdom, 12.9% case fatality rate. Then Belgium, 12.6%. Hungary, 12.3%. France, 11.9%. Mexico, 10.9%. The Netherlands, 9.5%. Spain, 7.9%. Chad, 7.8%. Canada, 7.3%. Sweden, 6.8%. Ireland, 6.5%. The Sudan, 6.4%. Liberia, 6.4%. San Marino, 6.0%. Ecuador, 5.9%. Niger, 5.9%. Iran, 5.7%. Egypt, 5.4%. Andorra, 5.3%. Slovenia, 5.3%. China, 5.3%. Switzerland, 5.2%. Peru, 4.9%. Mali, 4.7%. Barbados, 4.6%. Angola, 4.6%. Indonesia, 4.4%. Romania, 4.3%. Finland, 4.3%. Burkina Faso, 4.3%. 
North Macedonia, 4.2%, Germany, 4.1%, Tanzania, 4.1%, Bolivia, 4.0%, Syria, 4.0%, Guatemala, 3.8%, Denmark, 3.8%, Afghanistan, 3.7%, Kyrgyzstan, 3.6%, Bulgaria, 3.5%, Algeria, 3.5%, Sierra Leone, 3.5%, Kosovo, 3.4%, Guyana, 3.4, Portugal, 3.3, Iraq, 3.3, Poland, 3.3, Lithuania, 3.3, Brazil, 3.2, Colombia, 3.2, Antigua and Barbados, 3.2, Lesotho, 3.2, the United States, 3.1. So, um, you know, there were a few countries, I think, ahead of the United States on this list, meaning Higher percentages died in all of those countries. But, you know, Donald Trump totally mishandled this COVID-19 thing, and thus more people died. I mean, if he mishandled it, there's probably a lot of leaders from the countries on this list here that, um, that I guess handled it worse. So no matter how you look at the numbers, Trump's America nowhere near the worst when it comes to the carnage that COVID caused. But again, the Democrats, that's not important to them. Facts and figures are not important. They want to emotionally manipulate you and throw a woman out there who's going to say flat out that Donald Trump killed her father. They know it's bullcrap. They do because they can see the same numbers I do. And these come from places that aren't right wing at all. This is coming directly from the CDC, the WHO, Johns Hopkins, all these places. You can go look up this information, whether the numbers are completely accurate everywhere. We don't know. We're not going to know for a while, but there's no question about it. The United States is not the worst country and far from it when it comes to the COVID response. Now, this Twitter moron goes to the next line again, all caps. GDP down 32.9%, worst in U.S. history. Like unemployment, dude, was way up before COVID hit and is going back up again. So, I mean, cherry pick your numbers and kind of do a little misdirection there if you want. But again, not reality. His next line, 50 million newly unemployed. Again, was at an all-time low back in January, February, before COVID hit. Historically low unemployment, especially in the Hispanic and black communities before COVID hit. Donald Trump knocked it out of the park when it came to getting people back to work in America, even though Barack Obama wanted to know what kind of a magic wand he could have to bring business back to America. In about three years, Donald Trump did it. Unfortunately, COVID hit. But saying that 50 million newly unemployed is Donald Trump's fault, everybody knows that's bullcrap, except for the smallest minded people who have no clue what's going on that are just being manipulated emotionally, which may be the complete Democratic base. His next line, again, all in caps 6.6 trillion in new debt. Okay. Obama, over his two terms, added $9 trillion, and a lot of the debt that's been added now is because of these relief bills 
where the Democrats keep trying to push more and more and more. Again, go do your own homework and see how many more trillions the Democrats keep trying to add and have added to these bailout bills and ask who's really to blame for the new debt. The argument can be made that a lot of this debt needed to go into the books to keep the country going during COVID, and we can feel free to have that conversation at some point. But blaming Trump for the new debt is absolute bullcrap. The next line, of course, goes back to Michelle Obama. Kids in cages! Again, as we've talked about, the cages were built by Obama and Biden, so I guess you're complaining about Obama and Biden here, buddy, not Donald Trump. And then all caps again, racism is the Trump brand. Again, not seeing that. I'm seeing white people pulled from their vehicles and being beaten by black people. That's really not the Trump brand. That's the left brand. That is the Marxist brand. That is the lawless brand. Donald Trump isn't racist. It's not racist to want law and order for people to actually be held accountable for their actions. The next, this is great, riots in the streets. As we've already discussed on today's episode, the riots in the street have been brought to you by your local friendly Democrat, most likely mayors, governors, and district attorneys who refuse to prosecute the violent thugs who are burning and looting your cities and quite often committing felonious assault with nary a care in the world because they know these douchebags in charge are not going to prosecute. The next line, of course, we got to get the Russians in here. Russian bounties. Uh, this is a story. I don't, I don't think we even talked about it on Random Thoughts because it was never proven and it's much to do about nothing. There's always bad people in the world plotting to do bad things against America. I mean, no terrorists or anything were doing bad things and plotting things against the United States when Obama was in office, right? Again, I want to ask yourself, you know, I want you to ask yourself a question. If Trump is really as bad as everybody says, why are nearly each and every one of these Democratic talking points able to be proven as untrue, either a blatant lie or a misrepresentation of the facts. Why is that? If Donald Trump is really that bad, why do they have to lie to take him down? Because if there was really stuff that he did, the media would cover it. The media would have it. You would have no question about it. None of this, well, sources say, or we think from somebody in the nose says, no. Absolutely nothing that is being spewed against Donald Trump appears to have any basis in reality. And that shows the desperation that the Democrats have right now. It really does show desperation. This whole thing with the post office, more desperation. I mean, Trump dared to come out and say that he wanted the post office to actually make a profit. I mean, I know. Those are crazy ideas. And they, oh, he, he just doesn't want people to be able to vote. Taylor Swift, I mean, come on, sweetie. 
do your homework. And I have no problem with musicians, whoever, making political statements, endorsing a political candidate. I just wish they would get their heads out of their asses and know what they're talking about rather than buying into the lies of the talking points because they're too damn lazy to look for the truth. I mean, if you are a celebrity in any way, shape or form and you feel that it's necessary to become political or endorse a political candidate, please just do your homework. I don't care if I disagree with you. I really don't. If you want to come out, and that's the other thing I've noticed here. Nobody is running pro-Joe statements. Nobody's saying, you know, Joe Biden's going to do this, this, and this. It's all Trump's a dick. Trump's bad. Trump did this. It's all negative. There is nothing that anybody is saying that's positive about Joe Biden. It's kind of sad in its uh, own little microcosm there. Taylor Swift wants to go after Trump because he's doing something with the post office to try to not let people vote. I mean, do your homework. Not the truth. Not the truth at all. Most states don't have mail-in voting. Fauci said it's okay to go vote. It's safe. Don't worry about it. But know what you're talking about, Taylor, before you open your mouth. I mean, I dig her music. Got no problem with that. And I have no problem with artists having different political viewpoints. I mean, they're artists. I figured they're going to be lefties. But when you start spewing lies, then I start losing a whole lot of respect for you. And it seems people have lost a whole lot of respect for the NBA and Major League Baseball to a little lesser extent because the ratings are down, down, down. It was a Springsteen song. I'm going down. I'm going down. I'm going down, down, down. Well, it seems that uh, maybe he was predicting the ratings for the NBA and Major League Baseball. NBA, I think, really is due to the wokeness of what's going on, having the political statements on their jerseys, having Black Lives Matter printed on the courts. I mean, I think it's hilarious to have a capitalist group like the NBA who brings in billions of dollars in revenue bowing down and promoting a bunch of Marxists. I, I Give your money away. I'll believe you then. Taylor Swift, NBA, Bruce Springsteen, all y'all. If you just give all of your money away, then I'll believe that you want the socialist paradise that Black Lives Matter is advocating for. Until then, shut the hell up, because we know you're not putting your money where your mouth is and you will refuse to because you're not letting anybody take your stuff. It always thinks it'll be somebody else. But no. The NBA has struggled to average more than 1.5 million viewers. Baseball's not in much better shape. The NBA's opening week, the league averaged 1.56 million viewers, down from an already lackluster pre-coronavirus average of 1.62 million. And one thing I'll say, I've tuned into a few baseball games, and I mean, I don't tune in for the national anthem, never really get right at the start of the game because baseball is a long game. You can tune in in the second or third inning, just check out what's going on. So I don't know what's going on as far as kneeling and all that. And the baseball that I've seen, which while not hours and hours and hours, I've seen a few hours and haven't noticed anything political. And it's nice to have a little bit of normalcy that the game's going on. The NBA seems to be going in a completely different direction again, printing Black Lives Matter on the court, 
and letting players put whatever they want on their jerseys to make political statements. And I tell you, I don't think most sports fans want politics when they're tuning in to watch sports. But we'll see how it all goes. We'll see how it goes. There's questions for Major League Baseball if they can keep teams healthy. They're having a lot of problems with COVID infections. The NBA got players sneaking out to go to strip clubs and that. And, you know, this is causing issues. So uh, sports is turning into a crap show. I guess we kind of predicted that here because, hey, we're following this stuff close enough to know what's going on. And we hope that's why you're listening to Random Thoughts, especially today's long extended edition. You know, I believe you're tuning in to get some information that maybe you didn't have. Hopefully you like the perspective that we bring to things. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you giving us your time because there's a lot of podcasts out there. We're well aware of that. So giving us a half hour, hour every week, it's greatly appreciated. We're coming up on episode 100 in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to steal an idea from my buddy Larry Blydner over at that Larry show, that Larry show.com for his 100th episode. He asked people, if you want to send in messages that we can read to celebrate the 100th episode, if you want to send in MP3s, you know, if you want that played on the show, we can do that. Not a problem. We'll have kind of a little celebration of that first hundred years. And if you want, you can also leave a message on our uh, phone line that we have for Grumpy Old Ben's, the podcast we do with Ryan Bemrose, which is 480-4-GRUMPY. You leave a message there about random thoughts. We'll figure out where that's supposed to go. So you can use that. And that way we can just get a little bit of your input for episode 100, because this show is all about you. I mean, I know I like to bloviate. I like to talk. I like to vent a little bit. I'm learning how to rant a little bit more from Ryan Bemrose. We're getting that out there, getting that little anger therapy going on. And it's been a lot of fun to do this show. And that's only because you're listening. If I was just talking to myself, I mean, it would be a lot less work. I wouldn't even need to turn the recorder on. I could still do the show. But we hope you're digging what we're doing here. And if you're not subscribed yet, go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com and subscribe. Android, Apple, one of those. Review the show where you can. And if you really like what you're getting here, we do work on the value for value model. So if you want to give a little value back to us, hey, what'd you get out of this show? Was it worth a coffee? Was it worth a steak? Was it worth a new Lamborghini? I mean, hey, that'd be nice. But you can go to randomthoughts.com, click that donate button. There's also a QR code if you like to use the Bitcoin. There's a P.O. box address if you like to go the old fashioned snail mail way. And we appreciate everybody that has supported the show in the past. And if you want to send something to us for the show 100, like an MP3, something like that, you can do so. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. Or you can send us a link over on Twitter, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Or you can follow the show over there at Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B podcast. So we apologize for the long-winded episode. We hope you got something out of it. We hope you learned something you didn't know. And make sure when you're talking to your friends, when it comes to politics, if they're just going into an emotional tantrum and they have no facts behind them, you're never going to win that argument. But it's always fun to say, give me one concrete example. Show me one time where that was true and then just point out to them 
that they've been emotionally manipulated and maybe that'll sink in. But once you tell them they've been emotionally manipulated by the left, just walk away, walk away, go have a drink, have a cigar, do whatever you do to get into your happy place and forget about it. Because arguing with people like that, you're 99.9% of the time not going to get anywhere. So let's just hope that come election day here in the United States, that the people who want law and order stand up and get counted and we get through an election where the results are clear. Otherwise, we're going to really have some fun. But until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.